This is Life Admin Life Hacks, a podcast that gives you techniques, tips, and tools to tackle your life admin more efficiently, to save your time, your money, and improve your household harmony. I'm Dana Rowe Roberts, a commercial executive, wife, mother of two, and volunteer, and I recently refinanced my home loan. I'm Mia Northrop, a researcher and writer. And in preparation for this episode, I read the finance section of the paper for the first time in a very long time. Well, if you have a mortgage, paying it off is probably one of your biggest expenses. So this episode, we'll be talking about how to compare and switch home loans to save you money and improve your banking experience. Hello, and welcome to Life Admin Life Hacks. There are thousands of home loans available on the market, so chances are at least one of them offers a lower interest rate, lower fees, more flexible repayment options, or better features like better apps and internet banking than your current mortgage. Depending on your current loan amount and other terms, the savings to be had can be enormous. So Mia, let's talk about how you can find a better alternative. Yes, about a quarter of our listeners think they're possibly wasting money and could benefit from a different loan. So for a lot of us, this is our major household expense. Interestingly, we're recording this March 2019 and things have changed in home loan land. I really did have to get out multiple newspapers (laughs) just to pin down exactly what the economic situation was in Australia and what's happening with the housing market because... Everywhere you look, it's property prices are falling. Property prices are falling. What's happening with interest rates? Everyone goes into this frenzy. Does it mean something? And we're about to have a recession. Like what's going on? I think more importantly, probably the biggest thing that's changed home loans is the Royal Commission that we've had into the banking industry here in Australia. So I think probably this week the papers are all about property prices, but uh, the biggest impact to home loans has been that Royal Commission. Yeah, so... The clearance rate has fallen in Australia, which means fewer houses are being sold each week. House prices themselves are falling across the nation. And at this stage, you know, the Reserve Bank monitors what's going on. They set the official cash interest rate. They might lower it if other economic indicators are falling. So usually when the Reserve Bank cuts rates, then the other banks cut rates, which means you could get a home loan with a lower interest rate too. But the other thing that's happening is the credit supply is tightening, which means that lenders are scrutinising loan applications more than before. They want more detail of whether you can actually afford the loan. They want to know about your budgets and your expenses. They want to do walkthroughs of the properties that you're doing to try to refinance. So fewer loans are being approved and the loan amounts that are being approved are smaller. And some of that's come from the Royal Commission, but the other sort of focus of that Royal Commission or the other major finding that the papers are focusing on is some of the unscrupulous lending practices that have been going on. So there's been mortgage brokers and lenders who've basically given to loans to people who might not be able to afford how much they're borrowing. And actually an interesting fact that I came across was that 60% of home loans are sold by brokers. Did you think it was that high? Yeah, I think it's been an up, you know, trend over the years ever since Aussie home loans started. Yeah, how long ago it was, and it's just continued to rise. Uh, and I definitely think that there's a huge range in the quality of services that can be offered when you yeah. talk about brokers. Yep. 
it's pretty amazing that, you know, the home loan choice, the products out there, there's such complexity and there's so many that a whole other industry has been spawned to help you, you know, wade through it and decide what's right for you. It's a bit like our last episode with health insurance because it's the same thing, same challenge uh, with the comparator websites. So there might be people out there who've signed up for a particular loan because it gave the broker generous commissions rather than giving the lender the best deal. But basically all these things mean that at some stage this year, lenders might lower their interest rates. And if you want to pounce on a cheaper loan, you're going to have to get your paperwork in order and ask friends and family for a solid recommendation for a good broker. So if you want to try and compare lenders, you can get key fact sheets for each loan that they have available because there are more things that you want to compare other than just the interest rates. In particular, you want to understand if there's any upfront establishment fees, what the ongoing fees are, but you'll also really make sure you consider what the exit fees are because you want to be able to switch again if uh, you can find a better deal elsewhere down the track. From personal experience, I really think it's important to understand uh, what the online banking or the branch access is for a particular lender before you make the decision to switch because unless you're going to save an enormous amount of money and for that you're willing to forego some of those benefits of the internet banking, it can take you a lot of time and effort if you don't have those services available at your fingertips. Yeah, since you spend every other day doing some kind of online banking, you want that user experience to be perfect, otherwise it's just too painful. So other things you might want to consider is the repayment frequency on your loan. Often it's monthly, that's often the default, but you know, can you make weekly payments or fortnightly or other arrangements if you have a lumpy income or get paid in certain frequencies? And you want to understand the repayment amounts for the fixed and variable periods of the loan. So if you have a home loan that starts off variable for a few years and then reverts to a fixed interest rate, you want to know what your repayments are for those different time periods and whether additional repayments are possible. Some loans you cannot pay extra, which is a nightmare if you suddenly are earning extra or you get a windfall of money, you might get penalised or you just can't actually make additional repayments. I think related to that is understanding whether they have an offset account. So that's an account where you can uh, run your transactions from, but the balance of that offset account reduces the interest payable on your loan. So that can be a, a really great thing to be able to give you flexibility with your banking. And related to that, whether the loan allows a redraw facility. So if you've paid off extra and you want to be able to access that cash. Your mortgage might come with credit cards or savings accounts and those credit cards might have particular features like extra insurance or no annual fee because you've got all your banking tied up with that one lender. And of course, you want to suss out the customer service, not just the digital, but when you call someone or go in there, is it actually pleasant? Are they pleasant to interact with? It's interesting that this is one of those things that you can't just shop online for. You really need to ring up and talk to the lenders because there are often loan features that aren't published on the website that they can tell you about. The home loan market is really complex and switching can feel daunting. So we've talked to an expert ourselves. Today we're talking to Donna, a mortgage broker from Wild F&I in Melbourne. 
And before we begin, in the interest of full disclosure, Diana recently had her home refinanced by Donna, but there's been no financial consideration for Donna to participate in the interview today. And also, listeners, because we're talking about financial matters today, we need to issue a disclaimer that the information provided in this podcast constitutes general information only. It's not intended to, nor does it constitute financial advice, and it is not a substitute for professional, individually tailored financial advice. You should obtain professional advice before taking any action in relation to any matter discussed in the podcast. And with that aside, welcome to the show, Donna, and thanks for sharing your expertise with our listeners. Thanks, Mayor. Often we've got home loans that go for 30 years. How often should we actually be looking at our home loan terms? You should look at your home loan every 12 months. Look over your statements. Most lenders will issue those on a six-monthly basis. What often happens is you'll get a great rate when you take out your home loan and As we've seen recently, a lot of lenders are just creeping up uh, the interest rates on existing lenders and offering great rates to new borrowers. They won't give you a discount every six months if you ring them, but if you ring them up and say, hey, I've noticed my loan's getting a little bit crazy, then sometimes to retain your business, they will definitely give you, in most cases, if you've been in good conduct, they'll give you a, a better deal. And what should you be looking at to know if your home loan has entered crazy territory? Like what constitutes you, you, crazy? Oh, well, you know, for people who don't review their, their interest rate on a regular basis, I see situations where people have been with the same lender for many years and they're quite often paying at least a 1% or more over and above what is offered in the marketplace currently. Mm-hmm. So every percentage point counts. Oh, it certainly does. Yeah. And what things should you consider when comparing home loans? You need to consider what fees and charges are going to be ongoing. You need to consider what lender is going to work best for you because not every lender is going to be the best one for you. If you're someone who wants to be able to walk into a branch, then some lenders don't offer that um, facility for you to be able to walk into a branch and talk to a person. Some people like to have great internet, like phone apps, it just depends on how you want to operate your mortgage and that's that's got to be a big consideration for you. Yeah, because a lot of the lenders feel rather faceless and, you know, you really only know them from their advertising campaigns unless you've banked with them before. So you've mentioned, you know, whether they have branch access, what their online banking might be like or their, or their apps. Are there other ways to decide whether a lender is suitable for you or other criteria you should look at? Yes, look, some lenders offer discounts um, based on your profession. So that might be a better lender for you because they prefer to deal with certain professions. So that's that's definitely something that we look at as a mortgage broker when someone comes to us and it's like, okay, so you're a doctor and you need X amount of dollars. We know that if we speak to a certain bank that they'll fall over backwards to win your business. Really? Mm. How do we find out more about that? <laughs> well, it, it's just a matter of talking to a mortgage broker and, you know, discussing what your needs are and, and you know, what options are available to you. Engineers are another, another group of professionals that have discounts offered through certain lenders as part of their professional organisation through mm. their engineering organisations. Okay. So this is probably a good segue to talk about what are the benefits of using a broker. We know a, a few of the quirks of uh, what lenders, you know, 
what their preferred client looks like. Mm. Um, every bank and every lender has different credit policies, so some some people would not get a loan with certain lenders, which means that they need to go to a different lender. So if you apply to that lender directly yourself, you get knocked back. And mm. a lot of people don't realise the reason they get knocked back. It's just because they don't meet the the credit criteria of that lender and they think it's them personally, but it's not really that the case always. What would, would you suggest that people look for in a mortgage broker? Because I, I know in early days people might have got their first home loan just with the bank that they've been banking with for a long time, but there are so many products out there that make using a mortgage broker make sense, but how do you actually decide which mortgage broker is going to be right for you? Referral from family and friends is always a good thing. If someone else has used them, they're happy with the service, that's a great start. Find a mortgage broker who's got um, experience, that's also very, very important because you don't want someone who's just started out and doesn't necessarily know as much as mm. um, they might need to know. Yep. You know, also want to find out if they're listening to your needs. So sometimes it's just a matter of speaking to a few mortgage brokers and seeing which one you feel comfortable with. Yeah. We had an interesting experience with one where she was so kind of dismissive of our financial situation. She was she was much younger than we were. Not that I held that against her, but she was kind of intimating that she was set up for her life much more uh, readily than we had set up ourselves for our life. And the whole tone of the conversation <laughs> plummeted from there. I was like, you smug little thing. Like, what the hell? <laughs> but we've had also fantastic experiences with mortgage brokers because I don't want to have to learn all of the various products. I want to be able to give my needs to the broker. They go into the market. They know what's out there and come back and go, okay, I've shortlisted this for you. And the, and helping with the paperwork and everything has made it so much easier. And the most of the brokers work on a commission basis from the financial institutions. Is that right? That's correct. Well, that's how it's working at the moment. After the Royal Commission, yeah. there may be some changes uh, around how oh, that yes. operates. But at the moment, what happens is um, pretty much so most lenders across the board offer the same upfront commission and very similar trailing commission. We're very transparent yeah. in what we get paid and how we get paid. When we are dealing with our, our clients, we will always issue them information on the percentage rate we get paid and the dollar value that we get paid based on their loan size and the lender that we're taking that loan with. Some people will ask, well, you know, can you show me what every single lender is paying you so I know that, you know, you're not just giving it, giving me a loan from that lender and I can provide lists with exactly what every lender pays. Yeah. Do you proactively have to contact a mortgage broker every time you want to see how you're going or can you enter some kind of arrangement where they just you know, if they if better products surface or rates change, they just proactively contact you. Does that ever happen? Yes, yes, it does. Look, some people like to be contacted on a regular basis. Some people like mm. to be left alone. True. It's, it's always, you know, just a fine line and you know your clients well enough to know who, who you need to be following up on a regular basis and who 
might just need a little bit of a prompt every now and then to think, oh, yes, let's have a look at this. I guess it's one of those things when you're doing your tax at the end of the year or if you have another one of those financial triggers, you might as well cast your eyes over the interest rates and see if you've entered that crazy territory, as you mentioned before. Absolutely. So if you decide to switch, how how much effort is there and what kind of fees and charges can you expect? So the fees and charges vary between two to 500 generally, just depending on what your original lender set out in the letter of offer. Mm-hmm. And we just look at the original letter of offer from when you took out your loan, provided you've kept that paperwork. But mm. if you if you allow two to five hundred dollars in terms of paperwork that you will need to change, the most important uh, things are copies of your last six months home loan statements. And mm-hmm. we really, really do hope that every payment has been made on time because if you're going to a new lender, that is one of the most crucial things. The other things are tax documents, you know, your group certificate, your tax return, your pay slips, current pay slips, last two most recent pay slips, copy of your land rates notice. And depending on people's individual situation, we may need other things. The one thing that seems to take a lot of time to get from people is a budget. Oh my God, not the B word. The budget, yeah. So um, now what we would, or what we've always done, but now we're looking at it much more closely from the lender's point of view, drilling down on every expense that you have. So you really need to be on top of where you're at with what you spend your money on. Yeah. And in terms of providing tax documents, is that just for the most recent financial year? If you are an individual, yes, most recent financial year. If you're self-employed, it's the two most recent financial years. And being self-employed, that most recent financial year clicks over as of the 1st of January. So if you haven't done your tax from last year, it needs to be done before we can launch. Okay. So there's quite a bit of stuff to get together. And how long does it usually take once you've put in your application for the new loan? What kind okay. of period so, are you talking about? So provided... There's no request for further information from the lender. The the approval process includes getting evaluation on your property, so usually seven to ten working days. Um, Once that's happened, letter of offer is issued from the lender's legal representative, whether some some lenders have in-house legal teams that prepare mortgage documents, some lenders have external uh, legal companies that provide those. And once you've got all that, sign it, send it back. The biggest delay we find with refinancing is the outgoing lender. They take time to get your title and allow for a settlement booking. Most of them will say they will take up to 21 working days. Some of them will enforce it. Some of them are a little bit quicker. It just depends. But naturally, they want to keep your business for as long as possible. (laughs) Holding on with like their claws stuck into you. Yes, and in that that time, their retention team will contact you and make you an amazing offer. I love it. I I just, every time that happens when you're switching and then you get that call, we just want to see if there's anything we can do. It's like, well, I've been a customer for X number of years. I'm sure there's plenty you could have done. But now that I'm <laughs> leaving, you, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the big it's question right, there babe. is like, okay, you're prepared to give me a better interest rate now. Can you backdate that for the last two or three years? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's how it works, isn't it? I always feel for the people that end up on those teams in the call centres because <laughs> that is a tough job. 
All right, so when you do get your new paperwork for the loan, often there is just, it's chunks of paper. It's like an inch worth of paper. What do you actually need to keep? Do you need to keep anything hard copy? Can it all be digital? You just scan stuff? Yeah, just scan it and keep it as a digital file. I like to keep everything. We're finding now more and more lenders are doing all of this electronically. You know, opt to opt to have electronic documents or opt out, and you get the paper ones. The elect you can even accept um, your your um, new loan electronically, and only need to actually physically sign about two pieces of paper now. So it's made it a lot okay. easier. Okay, well that's good news. Glad that more people are embracing that. Okay, so whatever documents you do get often they might be sent to you as a PDF attached to an email and you can just save that into your beautifully organised cloud storage system. Yes. If that's what you've got going on. Yes. And how often, Donna, do you find that your clients have all of their paperwork ready, all their sort of admin and budgets are sorted and they are ready to go? Never. And actually, often when you change home loans, so they might sort of ask you to move across all of your banking, so your credit cards, your transaction accounts. Do you find that kind of muddies the situation or is a package deal often a better way to go? Look, a package deal is sometimes better. It depends on the individual that's taking out the loan. You know, if it if it's a it's a higher loan amount, then yes, a package deal can work better. If it's a professional couple, then an offset account is generally going to save them some interest by having salary crediting. Mm. If it's a young first homeowner who's just going to be scraping by and making the minimum payment, you know, you don't want to burden them with credit cards and other financial products that they don't necessarily need. So, yes, sometimes the package is good, but, you know, in this day and age you can get pretty good credit cards with no ongoing annual fees anyhow. Well, thank you so much for sharing your expertise today. Okay, thanks, Mia. Thank you so much, Donna. So, Diana, I learned a lot talking to Donna. What were your key takeouts? I think one of the most interesting ones is that, you know, brokers as experts, they know things that you could never know and and probably aren't easily to find out, you know, like doctors or engineers might get a better deal from some banks. Happy to have an engineer as a husband right about now. And um, I guess the other thing is my love of budgets has some real benefits because I really did find that part of my uh, loan refinancing really easy. Oh, funny. I, yeah, I think I was surprised that brokers might not necessarily get you the cheapest loan, but they help get it across the line just by guiding the process and having that institutional knowledge, as you said. So what were the hardest parts for you in that process? I think probably, interestingly, the hardest part was just getting motivated to get started. And uh, this is where I think it was really useful to use the broker because, uh, I am really financially literate, you know, accounting and finance is my background. So in the past, I have refinanced our home loan a number of times and done the comparison myself. But, you know, I am really busy at the moment. So going to a broker took some of that hard work away. And not only that, it kept the momentum going because she was asking for the information. So it really drove us forward. And how did you find Donna? She actually lives in my street. So I'd known for ages that she was a a broker. So I literally just walked up to her house and said, hey, (laughs) 
can you help? And uh, it was actually a reasonably easy process. In particular, it was really easy because I had most of the documents I needed all saved into my uh, Google Drive. So uh, when she asked for all the information, I just copied them into another folder in my Google Drive and shared that folder with her uh, and I didn't Drive. even have to print anything. So um, With her mind blown? It was did a little bit, I think. What kind of alien are you? I did. I do think I got a gold star for being one of her most efficient clients ever. Yeah, her unicorn client. Oh. When we bought this house, we used Aussie home loans. We just called up Aussie and got a broker that way. And more recently, when we bought our holiday house, we used a broker that was associated with my husband's firm's accounting firm. Yeah, I think lots so, of accounting mm, firms have relationships with brokers. So that's a, yeah. if you have an accountant, they're a really great person to check with. Yes, and ask friends and family to get a recommendation from a broker. There are 60,000 out there who've been watching this Royal Commission with big eyes, I think. I, As part of researching this episode, I came across the Money Smart website, which is an Australian government website, which is frankly excellent. I was really impressed with how straightforwardly it was written and how it demystified some of this terrain and, and got around the jargon. So there's a specific, we'll, see, we'll link to this in the show notes, but there's a whole section on home loans. There's specific sections on switching and comparing. There's a checklist for choosing a home loan. There's a mortgage switching calculator so you can put in your current loan arrangements and then another one so that you can see what the repayments might be, what the cost might be, what the total cost of the loan might be. It's a really useful website to guide you through the process. I, I would feel very confident having read through that, then contacting a broker and getting the ball rolling. So how often should people be doing this? You said you've refinanced a couple of times. We've never refinanced. <laughs> but I do think it's worth doing every 12 months. Actually, I lie. I just remembered, this is how interesting this is to me, <laughs> I remember that we had loan originally was with Homeside, which was like some offshoot of NAB. And I think Homeside shut down or whatever, their products, something changed. And so we did, we have refinanced once. Uh, so I do think it's worth thinking about doing it once a year. You might want to pair it with something like maybe when your house and contents insurance comes up for renewal. But I also think it's worth thinking about if something's going to, you know, something's going to change in your life and you might want to make sure that you get the refinancing done before that change happens. So um, that Maybe. you've got, you know, so if you know that your income's going to fall in, you know, 12 months time, you might want to refinance now before that income changes, because it'll be much easier to get a better deal when you're in the most, you know, strong uh, asset position. Mm. Gotcha. So if you're thinking of taking maternity leave or changing your work or whatever. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's kind of annoying that if you, you know, if you have a go and have a look at what your interest rate is now on one of your statements and you realise that it's quite, you know, markedly higher than advertised rates, you might want to start making some phone calls. But there actually isn't any independent comprehensive site or tool where you can compare rates across lenders and one of the things that the Australian Competition Consumer Commission recommended last year with their whole residential mortgage price inquiry 
they recommended that one be built because at the moment you have to go to comparison sites and they're all commercial comparison sites like Canstar Blue or Find or Rate City and you have to visit the lender sites to compare those those interest rates. All right, Diana, do you have a life admin high of the week? I do. So a couple of episodes ago we talked about electricity and gas and I had found a better deal but I couldn't switch because the bills were both in my husband's name and I finally got him motivated to make that call and we've made it happen. So pretty excited to see that about $500 a year saving that we're going to have from finally the making that showers, switch. Longer showers at your house and the heating on all winter. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, we're going to be having an eye on sustainability <laughs> and saving some money. And what about you, Mia? I had a clean out of my store loyalty cards. I changed my supermarket loyalty cards so that they just give me cash back and don't worry about the frequent flyer points. So instead of, you know, earning a couple of thousand points and slowly staggering towards one free flight a year, now I just get immediate dollars off every other week. It says you've saved this much money and it says, do you want to take the money off now? And I'm like, hell yes. Yep, I've done that too. (laughs) All right. I feel like it's much better value. I've also moved to the Flybys app rather than the card. So for Coles, I used to have the card. I've got got cards for all of the supermarkets because I kind of use them all at some stage. This is like a long-term, you know, you're going to be shopping forever, so you might as well have all the cards. But I've moved to the Flybys app rather than the card. So it's one less thing in my wallet and you can just scan your phone at the checkout. And I also took out of my wallet all my membership cards to institutions like the museum and the zoo and the gallery. Know that now that both of my children are at school and I'm very thankful to be heading to those places a lot less. I loved it. Like it was a great phase, but I'm really glad that on a weekly basis I'm not having to go to a museum or the zoo anymore. So my purse is lighter and it's easier to find the things that I actually do use very regularly. Great. Diana, was there a life admin low? There was actually. So it wasn't actually all a bed of roses. (laughs) I love these dramatic courses. (laughs) <laughs> the dramatic causes that you do before you're alone because this is the epitome of first world problem. Tell so, me. So my son just joined uh, a new sporting team and uh, they gave us a schedule at the beginning of, you know, when we signed up to say this is when practice was going to be. And so I diligently put each of the practices in my shared calendar, negotiated with my husband how we were going to make this all work and then they've changed the entire schedule. So now I have to (laughs) go through, delete every single appointment. It's actually now to a different day. We now need to change all of our arrangements of how we're going to get him there and collect him. And so all of my so, you know, super organisation was basically a waste of time. Very frustrating. frustrating. You better love this sport, huh? You better love this sport. Hope so. (laughs) And Mia, did you have a life admin low? I did not. I'm finding that as we're moving through all of these topics, the life admin lows are, you know, reducing from week to week. So great. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for joining us this episode. And as always, if you have enjoyed this, please rate us. I would 
I hate it how on other podcasts they blather on about rating you on iTunes, but it does make a massive difference for people to find this podcast. We've had such lovely feedback and we'd love to make sure that our little pearls of wisdom reach everyone who needs them. So please consider sharing our Facebook posts, sharing the website with someone who you think might benefit from it or rating us on iTunes or Stitcher. I hope this episode's inspired you to investigate your home loan to see if you can find a more competitive deal. And if it has, check out Money Smart website to find out all the information you'll need to get started. Get all your paperwork in order and then consider getting a recommendation from someone you trust for a broker to help you through the process. If you'd like to join us on our Life Admin journey, please head to our Facebook page, Life Admin Life Hacks, to follow us and share your thoughts on what we're doing. And feel free to post any comments or certainly post suggestions that we might be able to use. We hope to see you there. Thanks for listening. Show notes for this episode are available at lifeadminlifehacks.com. If you're a fan, please subscribe and share the love and tell a friend or review us in your podcasting app.